This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you on the heels of Wednesday afternoon's announcement of the 2021 football schedule where the Southeastern Conference is concerned. And obviously here on the podcast, we'll get into what the 2021 schedule looks like specifically for your defending national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. First, though, want to recap, review the events of Tuesday night there at Coleman Coliseum. The Alabama men's basketball team with another conference win, this time completing a regular season sweep of the mighty Kentucky Wildcats. 70-59, to 59, Nate Oates' team gets it done. It wasn't the preferred style or maybe cosmetically, the way Nate Oates would like to see his team get a win, but a big win nonetheless. Alabama guts one out on a night in which it goes 6 of 20 from three-point range. Alabama now with a three-game lead in the SEC standings, just like we all predicted when this team was 4-3 and three after the loss to Western Kentucky before heading into Southeastern Conference play, right? Herb Jones, once again, you look at the stat line for Herb Jones, and it never does justice to what he means and what he brings to the table. But the veteran, versatile player, I don't really think he can give a position to Herb Jones because he plays some point guard. He plays off the ball. He defends one through four or five on the other end of the court. Uh, At this point, I've got to say, at the midway point of the season, i got to say Herb Jones is the SEC Player of the Year. Again, now, if you look at it from a media perspective, you may not get that same kind of love for Herb Jones. But I would think if you polled league coaches today, he would definitely rank at the top of that list of player of the year candidates for the Southeastern Conference. He goes just two of eight from the field in the win over Kentucky, but he makes nine of ten free throws. How about that second half from the charity stripe for Alabama? against Kentucky 22 of 26 26 free throw attempts against Kentucky and a half yeah you just don't see that every day nine rebounds for Herb Jones eight assists nearly a triple double and again the shooting wasn't great but the all-around contribution along with the defensive end absolutely Herb Jones out of this world during the 2020-2021 season and still probably not 100 percent after the injury he sustained against Kentucky the last time around. So really good stuff from Herb Jones. Jaden Shackelford, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. So from your two guys that led you pretty much in the win, 19 of 20 from the free throw line. And again, a gutty effort 
a gutty effort, the kind of effort that when you get into the NCAA tournament, say it's that Saturday or Sunday of the first weekend, and you get that first round win, you got a quick turnaround to the round of 32, you got to gut some wins out when you get into postseason play, and that's kind of the way Alabama has done it, not only against Kentucky, but also against Mississippi State last Saturday. So encouraging in a number of ways, uh, Alabama getting contributions from the bench, maybe not so much in terms of scoring. One of those rare games in which Kentucky's bench actually outscored Alabama's bench, and that had a lot to do with Uh, Javon Quinterly, not exactly lighting it up from the field. He was one of five, had five points, uh, two of two from the free throw line in 17 minutes. But you did get guys that defensively did a really nice job for you in a grinder type of game. When you talk about Jawan Gary, when you talk about Keon Ellis, you see some of these guys that are building more and more trust from their coaches and Nate Oates, and it's showing up not only in terms of their minute totals, but when you see these guys on the floor. I think going the junior college route has paid dividends not only in terms of, again, production statistically, but you can go with an older guy like Keon Ellis defensively in a big stretch and be able to get the job done. And that's what you're seeing from this Alabama team to this point of SEC play. So you look ahead for Alabama and you see Oklahoma on Saturday. Should be a great Saturday. Almost like, I hate to keep drawing the football comparisons in some ways, but man, it's like a football Saturday with this uh, Big 12 SEC challenge because you're going to be able to jump on the couch starting at 11 a.m. Central on Saturday and pretty much throughout the nighttime hours going into those primetime type matchups of Kansas at Tennessee, Texas at Kentucky, Florida at West Virginia mid-afternoon, Auburn at Baylor. Whether you like Auburn or not, man, Sharif Cooper has quickly become must-see television. So that takes that matchup to another level. How about Texas Tech? Mac McClung and the Red Raiders of Chris Beard at LSU in the early afternoon. And of course, Alabama at Oklahoma to get things going on Saturday. The Sooners coming off a win over the number five Texas Longhorn simultaneous to Alabama's win over Kentucky on Tuesday night. You had Oklahoma, a top 25 team in its own right, knocking off the fifth ranked Longhorns. Now, Texas was without head coach Shaka Smart, and five players, including a couple of starters. So it was sort of a depleted squad that Lon Kruger Sooners took care of there in Austin. But a top five win nonetheless. And again, should be a great day of college football with the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Big picture-wise, of course, the SEC standings are what matter most. And right now, Alabama with a three-game lead over LSU, who, as we know, Alabama has already defeated once this season. The Tigers will make a trip to Tuscaloosa coming up here in the very near future and kind of expected maybe some more difficulty as you make that second time through. Kind of like a pitcher in baseball going through a lineup for the second time. It sort of differentiates between starters and maybe bullpen options. And Alabama starting that second time through with a second win over Kentucky. Not going to be easy. You knew Kentucky, too proud of a program. And that was embarrassing in Lexington a couple weeks ago. The ease at which 
Alabama carved up uh, a Wildcat team and a John Calipari team that typically defensively you just don't plan on getting into the mid-80s, especially at Rupp Arena from a point perspective. Alabama was able to do that the first time around. Kentucky wasn't going to let it be that easy in round two and kind of played out that way. But again, you're encouraged if you're an Alabama fan because that's exactly the type of performance you're going to need when you get into postseason play, when you're not shooting it well from three. Can you still get to the free throw line? Can you take care of the basketball? Alabama did a better job of that Tuesday night in the second half. Not so much in the first half, but cleaned some of that up. Managed to get to the free throw line a great deal, and uh, you got to shoot at a high level once you get there. And Alabama, 24 of 28 for the game, 85.7%, 85% in the second half alone on 26 attempts. Yeah, you'll win a lot of basketball games if you do that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here on the Bama Online Podcast, and when we come back, we're going to talk 2021 football schedules for not only Alabama, specifically Alabama, but uh, we'll hit on some other key items of interest from a scheduling perspective where the Southeastern Conference is concerned. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast right after this. All right, so on Wednesday afternoon on the SEC Network, uh, we had the schedule release for the Southeastern Conference for the 2021 uh, football season. I got to tell you, and seeing some of these other games, and yes, I think Alabama-Miami, when you talk about just helmets, okay, when you talk about dominant eras, certainly Miami from about, what, 83 through 2003 or so, about a 20-year stretch there when you started with Howard Schnellenberger and kind of maximized it, ran its course under Larry Coker before you had some changes that followed that era. Of course, Alabama kind of picked it up in 2007 from Miami and USC. Uh, Nebraska in that stretch as well had three national championships and a four-year stretch there in the mid-90s under Tom Osborne. But Alabama since 2008, really, 2009, has been, of course, the preeminent football program Uh, at the collegiate level, but you're going to have Miami and Alabama on the same field on September the 4th, another Labor Day weekend neutral site matchup. We still don't know, impossible to forecast what fan attendance might look like. Hopefully, hopefully we're at a point where we're at least approaching something similar to what we had seen pre-2020, but you got a Miami team coming into that matchup or will be coming into that matchup. And throughout the offseason for Miami, there's going to be quarterback questions for Alabama too. But with Miami, it's injury-related because De'Eric King, the Houston transfer, who had a very nice season in his first year down in Coral Gables, unfortunately, he had an ACL injury in the Hurricanes' bowl loss, the Cheez-It Bowl, Cheez-It Bowl loss for Miami to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, that's going to that's gonna weigh heavily on how that matchup with Alabama is sort of projected and and predicted to sort of come off. But Miami projects as a top 25 team. The concerns you have there with uh, Derek King uh, is that from a depth perspective, what you've learned here in the last week or so is that Nikosi Perry and more recently Tate Martell 
both plan to leave the program after the spring semester. They're going to graduate, both those guys, and then they will look to grad transfer on to finish up their eligibility elsewhere. So quarterback for Miami because of the injury to King, and then Alabama, of course, fielding the successor to Mac Jones after his historic season uh, as a redshirt junior before moving on to the National Football League. The anticipation being that this will be the start of the Bryce Young era. We'll see. Going to be some competition between now and then. September the 11th. September the 11th, that next Saturday, is when you will officially start to suffer from all SEC schedule withdrawal. This is when you'll really start to miss the 2020 season and those 10 straight SEC game weekends. You're going to have the Mercer Bears in Tuscaloosa. This was a game initially that looked to uh, have been competed or uh, put on the field in late November. Instead, Mercer will visit Bryant-Denny Stadium for the 2021 home opener. Lord, Lord, if this is an 11 11 o'clock kickoff, 11 a.m., 11.30 kickoff, please, Please don't let that be the case. Or 2.30 Central. Or 3 Central. Anyway, anyway this game can be played perhaps uh, in the nighttime hours or at least close to the nighttime hours. It's a payday. It is what it is. Alabama needs seven home games. We're back to non-conference options when it comes to that. And with that, you'll have an FCS opponent for the 2021 home opener the Bears of Mercer coming over from Macon Georgia to uh, serve in that capacity the very next week though you jump into your SEC opener and you go to the University of Florida and you're going to have quarterback quarterback storylines for both teams not only in terms of the quarterbacks that will be on the field and the expectation being that Emory Jones will step in as the successor um down there in Gainesville to to Kyle Trask, uh, but obviously with Alabama breaking in a new starting quarterback for his first true road start. Now, with Jones in there, you're probably looking at more of the traditional Dan Mullen offense. Interesting part of this, too, is that on Wednesday, you heard rumblings, you saw reports, I believe it was Pete Thamel of Yahoo.com, Pete reporting that Brian Johnson, Mullen's offensive coordinator and his former quarterback who he coached uh, at Utah. You might remember Brian Johnson, actually, not to bring up uh, bad memories for Alabama fans, but Brian Johnson was the Utah quarterback in that 2009 Sugar Bowl that capped the 2008 season for Alabama, played so well in the Utes upset of the Crimson Tide in year two of Nick Saban's tenure at UA. But Johnson, it looks like, is moving on to the NFL as the quarterback's coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So he'll leave Florida and he'll coach Carson Wentz and how about Jalen Hurts up there with the Philadelphia Eagles. So you've got some changes like Alabama encountering with Bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Brian Johnson, it appears, moving on as the offensive coordinator from Florida. Mullen, obviously, his background on offense, very much hands-on with that offense. So something that you would expect Florida to be able to cover uh, quite well with Brian Johnson moving on. But 
some new faces, the expectation for Florida. I think both these teams defensively, Alabama for sure, where Florida must improve a great deal from what we saw in the 2020 season is on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think Todd Grantham can withstand another season like 2020. And you got guys like Daquan Newkirk transferring into Florida on that defensive line from Auburn. So something to keep an eye on there. September the 25th, Southern Mississippi visits Tuscaloosa. Three different head coaches, if my math is correct, for USM during the 2020 season. Made a coaching change early. Uh, after a loss to South Alabama, then an interim coach left the program to take a head coaching post elsewhere, uh, and the Golden Eagles finished at 3-7 and seven in 2020, a once-proud USM program, as we've seen in past years, can be a very big challenge uh, to SEC opponents. Not so much lately, uh, so USM going through some uh, change once again looking to get things stabilized there in Hattiesburg. October the 2nd, the theme stays with the Magnolia State. Lane Kiffin returns to Tuscaloosa with the Rebels. Matt Corral, Jerry and Ely, Jonathan Mingo. Going to be very interested to see how John Rice Plumley is sort of implemented on a full-time basis into this offense. I think John Rice Plumley could end up being a featured option as a sort of utility player, like an Elijah Moore, guy that you can do different things with. We know Lane and Jeff Levy, his offensive coordinator, no problem getting creative. So very much so, especially after putting 650-ish yards or so on Alabama's defense in the 2020 season, that matchup of Lane Kiffin and his offense against this Alabama defense, that will obviously highlight that matchup on October the 2nd. October the 9th, a big one as Alabama travels to Texas A&M. More quarterback turnover. A lot of that around the SEC as we move through this schedule. But Kellen Mond finally moves on. Haynes King is a guy you saw here in Tuscaloosa in Alabama's 52-24 to win over the Aggies in early October uh, of last fall. Uh, King could be the next guy up for Mond. He's going to have weapons around him. Anaya Smith, Isaiah Spiller, Jalen Weidermeyer at tight end. Should be another good offensive line for Texas A&M. Lines of scrimmage for Texas A&M continue to improve. On the defensive side of the ball, Mike Elko's got those guys playing at a higher level, moving into his third or fourth year in the program. McKinley Jackson, name that's familiar to Alabama. Fans from the recruiting process, he's going to be a centerpiece of that A&M defensive front seven, and so uh, and some talent on the outside at corner. Had some guys that were victimized uh, by John Mechie specifically here in Tuscaloosa last October, but a group that after that loss, as we know, played better and better, and ended up with a top five national ranking. And when you look at Texas A&M and Florida on the schedule, interesting the prime time options that CBS has to work with. Now, 2011, Alabama went down to Florida and went down to Gainesville, and that was a primetime CBS game. I wonder if that might be the case on September the 18th when the Crimson Tide goes back to Florida Field, or could it be that 
with A&M expected to be when you talk about preseason rankings in the A in the SEC, A&M's going to be right up there behind, I would think, Alabama. Georgia will be in that mix uh, with JT Daniels back at quarterback, I would think. Those are the three teams I think you're looking at with the highest rankings in the preseason polls. So maybe it's A&M in Alabama on October the 9th that figures out a way to find a primetime designation. October the 16th, Alabama Goes to Starkville to take on Mike Leach and the Bulldogs. Mississippi State with a nice finish to the 2020 season. Well, other than the brawl, other than the post-game brawl with Tulsa uh, in the bowl game, which Mississippi State won, there is some momentum. There is some traction as this first season under Leach came to a close. I think one of the biggest things for State, in addition to looking as if maybe Will Rogers is is ready to be the guy as a Mike Leach quarterback uh, moving forward is that you should have returning skill talent that is solid. Uh, you continue to rebuild the front seven on defense. But again, I think most importantly, it looks like Zach Arnett is going to make it back as the defensive coordinator. He was kind of the unsung hero, really the shining star of that staff in year one under Mike Leach. Zach Arnett, there was some interest from LSU uh, in Arnett, but it looks like he'll be back as the defensive coordinator. October the 23rd, Alabama host another Tennessee team with a different head coach. This seems like almost a every other year thing at this point. But as we learned on Wednesday morning, Josh Heupel headed up from UCF with his old boss, Danny White, athletic director from UCF now at Tennessee as well. Josh Heupel will make his series debut here in Tuscaloosa on October the 23rd. Again, quarterback questions. Is it Harrison Bailey that Josh Heupel will hitch his wagon to in year one? Heupel, regardless, is going to be expected to remedy a situation on offense that has been very much problematic quarterback related first and foremost really though just a group in general that has underachieved over the last couple of years and you've got so much roster turnover right now with this Tennessee team and the gloom of a potential a potential NCAA sanctions you know Tennessee really needs to make this thing with Jeremy Pruitt go away ASAP because if you don't you're doing a disservice to the guy you just hired with an emphasis on the recruiting trail. It's tough enough at Tennessee to recruit at a level that makes you competitive, makes you a viable candidate to knock off the likes of Alabama and Georgia on an annual basis. Need to get that dark cloud to go away as soon as possible. Give Heupel and his staff as good a chance as it possibly has to compete on the recruiting trail. And we'll get into some of this with Auburn coming up here in just a little bit with the hiring of Brian Harson. But stylistically, schematically, you know, the concern I have for Tennessee in matching up with the Tennessee, uh, the Alabamas, and the Georgias is that you're really not enough. You're not really a tough prep. You know, you're trying to beat Alabama and Georgia at their own games in terms of what guys like Josh Heupel and Brian Harson like to do schematically. So you better recruit. You better recruit at a very high level. October the 30th, that's always Nick Saban's birthday weekend. So I think by SEC rule, 
that's an off weekend for Alabama. The Crimson Tide will have Halloween weekend off once again. And then November the 6th, it's the LSU Tigers, man. It's crazy, right? As much as this rivalry and this matchup has defined not only the SEC West, but really the SEC in general, it's almost back burner status. And this is a year after LSU had a season for all seasons and going 15-0 and and winning a national championship. But LSU, too, going to figure some things out at the quarterback position. I really, really like Max Johnson. Alabama saw more of T.J. Finley in the blowout win of the Tigers down in Baton Rouge uh, in December. But I got a feeling that it's probably going to be Johnson. That was the guy that they seemed to be moving forward with as the season came to a close. Uh, You've got options. You've got talent around the quarterback position. Kayshawn Booty had a big finish to the season. John Emery at running back. Uh, There is some depth there when you talk about offensive skill talent. Defensively, it's been interesting because, oh, kind of struggled to find a legitimate coordinator hire. And with the Title IX stuff going on, the NCAA stuff swirling, I think kind of like Tennessee right now, the -the off-the-field issues are a bigger concern than even what LSU must get fixed on the field. Uh, When you see LSU, a year after winning a national championship, resorting to an NFL position coach to take over as a coordinator, and not really even just on defense, but offense as well, that kind of makes you wonder the perception outside of the program in the coaching ranks. How are guys viewing the big picture future for Ed Orgeron? Again, not so much even just because of the football aspect of things, but the off the field stuff that continues to serve as a dark cloud over that program. November the 13th, one of the worst teams at the FBS level will make another appearance for the second time in three years. The Aggies going to have dual Aggies on the schedule for the second time in three years. New Mexico State with another bye game uh, coming to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it is what it is. Trying to fill those seven home games when you have a neutral site, you uh, you, you take the you, you, it's about the money, and so uh, you'll have New Mexico State in here on November the thirteenth. Probably comes at a pretty good time. You go open week LSU, New Mexico State. And then you transition into a two-game run leading up to the Southeastern Conference Championship game. Arkansas coming to town on November the 20th. Again, man, how many times can we say it? Quarterback turnover. Heir apparent K.J. Jefferson to Felipe Franks out there in Fayetteville. You probably remember Jefferson against Alabama in December out in Fayetteville. Sustained a knee injury that initially did not look good at all, but apparently the results of the MRI and the test came back negative for ligament damage. So that's good news for K.J. Jefferson and another quarterback that will have skill talent around him with which he can work. Traylon Burks back at wide receiver after a big season for the Razorbacks in 2020. Traylon Smith took over as the primary back in that offense uh, last season, and then it looks like it looks like Sam Pittman's going to be able to get Barry Odom through sort of this stretch of hirings uh, in both the the college and NFL ranks, and get him back as a defense coordinator. That's a big retain for Arkansas if they can keep Barry Odom in place 
as the defensive coordinator. Finally, on November the 27th, Alabama travels to Jordan-Hare Stadium where Brian Harson will make his Iron Bowl debut as Tigers head coach. Some SEC flavor to Harson's staff, as you might have expected. Mike Bobo in as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. My understanding, Mike Bobo, as much as anything, is going to be asked to groom uh, Bo Nix, uh, at the quarterback position, primarily Bobo within Harson's system will call plays. And then Will Friend, coaching the offensive line, former Alabama player, most recently a member of Jeremy Pruitt's staff up there at Tennessee, Derek Mason, uh, of course, the former Vanderbilt head coach on the defensive side of the ball. So you have SEC ties, which, again, should help you in recruiting Uh, just as much as gaining Harson a familiarity with the league on game days. I think, again, similar hire with Harson to what Tennessee made here with Josh Heupel, although I like the recruiting upside more for Auburn than I do at Tennessee, not even so much because of how staff hires play out, but access and sort of demographics and where you sit uh, and and the likelihood of you being able to attract um, prospects from multiple areas, border states, things like that. I give Auburn, the Auburn job, the edge over Tennessee from that standpoint. You know, it's essentially, again, the same question. How will Auburn look to play under Harson? And if it is what we expect it to be, very much pro- in scheme and concepts with an emphasis on offense, will they be able to recruit at a level that will allow them, give them the chance to beat Alabama and Georgia at their own games on a consistent basis? And I think while the recruiting part of things is better for Auburn than it is Tennessee, the fact remains the SEC West is the top division of the two And at Auburn, you not only have to navigate the West, led by Alabama, you've still got the best program in the East that you have to deal with on an annual basis in the Georgia Bulldogs. So there you go. There's a rundown of Alabama's 2021 schedule, a very early look. You know, right now at BamaOnline.com, we've also got plenty of recruiting coverage for you. You've had a re-ranking, sort of an adjustment to the 2021 rankings. Deontay Lawson, already enrolled at Alabama, I see picked up his fifth star on Wednesday. And as things sit right now, still have the late period to finish up with here in the next week or so. Alabama sitting with the, statistically, by, by points, I guess, the top recruiting class of all time. Ohio State, still in the neighborhood. So, again, we'll see how things wrap up. But Hank South, Tim Watts, uh, they've got you covered. And we've had you covered through the assistant coaches and the hirings of Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone and kind of how Alabama's looking to fill some spots additionally on the offensive side of the ball. So we're going to continue to have all of that for you as well. It's also Senior Bowl week, as we know, down in Mobile. You had a Nick Saban sighting 
on Wednesday at Senior Bowl practices. He was checking in on Najee Harris and Mac Jones, Devontae Smith and the crew that's down there, Alex Leatherwood, Deontay Brown. You got some injuries that are impacting a couple of those Alabama guys in the UA contingent, but big opportunities this week for Mac Jones, uh, who is obviously working against the narrative that everything just basically came so easily for him at Alabama. This week gives him an opportunity. As we talked about with Charlie Potter on the Bama Online podcast earlier in the week, a chance to show, look, you can put me with different personnel. You can put me in some different system type things, and uh, I can still get the job done. So a great opportunity for Mac. It looked like Alex Leatherwood, indeed, working at left tackle. I saw Deontay Brown at right guard during Tuesday's practices. Uh, People all down there um, already raving about Najee Harris as much as anything, his toughness, dealing with some injuries, still playing through that to practice and participate this week down at the Senior Bowl. So continued coverage from those practices as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we got hoops coming up this weekend and really throughout the remainder of February into what could be a very, very mad in a good way. Not a bad way. The madness could be a very good thing in March for the Alabama men's basketball team and the women's basketball team, for that matter, as well. Once again, Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us here on the podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? It's free, as simple as a couple of clicks. A rating and a review while you're there would help us out a great deal as well. Keep it locked at BamaOnline.com for all things Crimson Tide. Travis Ryer, once again, thanking you, and we'll join you again very soon on the Bama Online Podcast.